Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Fabulous fifth hour on uh, Tuesday on Hug 'em Up, 21 November, and a lot happening. Talking all things Texas, Texas Tech, Cowboys, Commanders coming up on Thursday, uh, annual Turkey Day celebration. And Rod, this will be your uh, first Thanksgiving with the child. How's that going to go? You got family coming in town? The, yeah, we got family coming in town. Uh, basically, my wife's side of the family's coming in town from Idaho, correct? Uh, yeah, they're all flying in, so oh, it's going to be getting out of the packed. snow. Then we got like 15. 15, I think a 15, 20-person Thanksgiving happening. Babies do that. I know. I to see this baby. <laughs> I know. So it's going to be a, a, a pattern. It's going to be fun, though. It's going to be fun. We're looking forward to it. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Coming in town. That's cool. And uh, how many are, are, are any staying with you? No. None of them are staying with us. Good. No. I told them. I was like, yeah, we can't do that. That's not that's, – nobody wants that anyway. You don't want to stay with us. I mean, the baby's going to be crying, being crazy sometimes. But she is sleeping more. But you don't want to stay with us, no. Yeah, we don't want to subject anybody to that kind of torture. <laughs> <laughs> my brother and his family will do that. Hey, we're coming for a week. We're staying at your house. Okay. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I, I got my. But we have, they have my, my brother has sons. You got, you got a, you my got brother has s- kids that are the same age or similar age. Yeah. So they, they like to hang out. So we wanted them to be. You here. got some nice. You got space here, too. You guys got a nice little spacious. We've got some room. Here. It's only three, bed, room. Th- three bedrooms, but there's room. There's room, though. Like, yeah, even though it's three we bedrooms. Spread out. Like, you got nice, like, the common areas are, are large. Like, they're entertaining. Like, you got a nice yeah, house. Yeah, that's a good house party. for that. This yeah. is you're right here in the beautiful Onion Creek. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's a good entertaining house. We'll have some people. My parents are coming and sister, I believe, coming. Who's cooking? We're dog sitting. Who's uh, cooking? Wife's cooking. Nice. Uh, but everybody will bring exercise, and my mom will do a bit, some desserts and a veggie mm-hmm. trim. My mom makes these noodles that are real good. Everybody likes those. So it's kind of a, you know, cook a bird and a bunch of sides, and let's go. I'm a, little, I'm a little sad because uh, my family, my side of family, we always fry turkeys, and my wife's side of family, I don't think they know how to fry turkeys, so we'll have just plain old yard bird. It's not going to be good. Yeah, we'll see. And now, like last mm-hmm. last year, yesterday, my oldest son got married. So then happy anniversary to Griff and Kina. And they, Shout uh, out. So it was one year yesterday. So now we have this whole new group that uh, is my oh yeah daughter-in-law's family. Mm-hmm. They may come over, but I, but her, her father-in-law cooks a he, – he fries a turkey. I'm hoping, he bring, oh, hoping Larry yeah. brings some over. That'd That's what good. you need. Somebody in the family got to know how to fry a bird without burning the house down. And usually it's my brother and my side of the family, but – they're gonna, we're going to spend Christmas with them. So I'll get a fried turkey for Christmas. I don't know if I'm going to get one for Thanksgiving. And I got to tell you, I can't go back. Regular turkey? It's never after the same. Fried tur- you, No. You can't go back to just I'll that regular old bland yard bird after fried turkey, man. I know. It, 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 it's same. spoiled. It's spoiled. It does. Uh, yeah. And like, and Larry, oh. um, my, my daughter's father-in-law, he is – He's the. he would love him. He's, a, he's the, the head coach of the uh, – 
the track and field team at the Texas School for the Deaf. Ooh, and uh, okay. so he yeah, he loves sports. So coach, coach, and he's he's deaf himself. Uh, but he's a he's a great dude, man. He'll fry that bird up, and uh, we'll be all yeah. over it. Uh, yeah, I fry up a mean yard bird. Oh, I miss. I can I can taste it. Yeah, it does. Oh. It is different. Right? You get the crispy, crispy, and the juicy, Ooh, and the. It's, it's way different. And we usually do like a a seafood stuffing. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, those Mom are good. usually does that with shrimp and some oh, uh, inside crawfish. The bird? Yeah, a little seafood oh. seafood stuffing. Oh, just man, just magnificent. Anyway, sorry, making everybody hungry. No, that's what happens. You're gonna have to to settle for some mm. Caucasian uh, Idaho yes, food. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna just settle for that plain old yard bird, man. But even even all my Caucasian brothers and sisters, once they have the fried turkey, they don't want to go back to regular turkey. You don't want to go back. Nobody wants to go back. I know some Caucasian brothers and sisters blown up their houses trying to do that. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you got to learn how to do it. You got to know how to do it. I was going to say, if you don't know how to do it, don't experiment with it. It ain't worth it. You need to find somebody who's done it multiple times and knows how to do it. That's why I don't even do it. I let my brother do it. I can't. I won't experiment with it either. I don't trust myself doing it either. Oh, man. Well, you know, that's, that's what comes with babies. You got to make some calls on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll all get there. And, of course, Thursday, Friday, watching football, the feast. The family and the football are on their way. Great American holiday. It's a great American holiday. <laughs> uh, you know, even as a kid, I mean, as your kid, you're growing up, Thanksgiving's kind of cool. Christmas is better. Halloween's better. Yeah. Uh, I used to love Fourth of July quite That's a good lot. One. That's good. Get fireworks. Fireworks. Pyro stick. The light fireworks. And one thing about Fourth of July, up. it's all desserts. Like, for some reason. Yeah, it's summertime. Yeah, so that people are running like around and going swimming. And, and desserts, yes. Yeah, so I like else that, too. The weather, because first eight years of my life in Ohio, so winter was always, ugh. Oh, yeah. You guys have to so celebrate st- the end of winter. Yeah, we, we lived right there in the snow belt right through. You know, you get, oh. I had many a birthday party snowed out when I was growing up I, know, up I lived there. in the Midwest, brother. It is. Oh, yeah, man. That is not a, that's not a fun. I guess it is fun if you grew up in it and you're used to it. I didn't grow up in it, and, man, it is miserable. Yeah, no, it is. It. it is. Uh, no, I, I served literally. I lived there until I was eight years old, but I had probably three birthday parties that I was supposed to have with my friends coming over. Snowed out. <laughs> snowed out. They're snoveling. The, what do you do oh, when you have a snowed in birthday party? What do you, you do? No, it, people can't get there. So what do you do? You just cry, cry. with the family? <laughs> cry. Oh, another one. Uh, yeah, because early December. Like, I, I just saw the video. You know, Buffalo, New York is under snow, like 10 feet of snow right now. Wow. Yeah, and, the, and that's right there off Lake Erie. And of course, the. the the lake effect snow, they call it. Yeah, I had several birthdays that didn't end up happening. Uh, but that's why I liked Fourth of July, because Fourth of July was awesome. That was summertime. But uh, yeah, so that's right. there. We got turkey coming. Uh, get yours ready. I, I'm, I'm disappointed you're not going to have your fried turkey. We'll have to just send you some over or something if Larry brings his. We might have to, man. We might have to arrange that. that does that. sound good. Oh, it's so good. I just saw, I didn't even realize that the last play, the fourth and 25 for the Kansas City Chiefs in drop. the game, it was a drop. I thought the DB came in and knocked it away. No, it went right through his hands. That was, so that was the fifth drop then because the Marquez Valdez-Scantling drop was the fourth drop of the game. Wow. I mean, Chiefs, y'all got to do something about that, man. They, their, their drops is it's, it's an issue. And on the Marquez Valdez-Scantling play, because getting all these rewatches, because, I mean, he has all these different screens up, all these different uh, pictures in the picture, they triple-teamed Travis Kelsey. They had three players on them, three defenders covering Travis Kelsey. And you want to know why the Kansas City Chiefs are the lowest second-half scoring team in the NFL, only averaging five second-half uh, points in the, uh, per game this year? It's because the adjustment is so easy. Double and triple team Kelsey, force some other wide receivers to beat you. They can't. Yeah. They won't. 
drops. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fourth and 25 was a – I mean, it shows you again the howitzer that Patrick Mahomes has. He drilled it in there because he can throw it to a spot. It was and, perfect. And it hit him right in the face mask. It did him Because right it came in so hard. He's like turning around at the wow. – <laughs> Yeah, they can't catch these soft ones, Patrick. They ain't catching that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. It is a real shame for them. Uh, but their own doing, right? They traded Tyreek Hill, and they haven't replaced him. Mm-hmm. They they tried to go on the cheap for Marquez Valdez-Scandling and draft Sky Moore and uh, trade for Kadarius Toney. Um, you know, they're just – you know, you just said it. I mean, that, that play was drawn up perfectly because the, the Chiefs had seen over and over again if they run this formation, Kelsey's going to get tripled. You're going to get one of your fast receiver lined up on a on a you know safety. He's going to run right by him, and it was a touchdown. I mean, you you oh, know he dialed it up. He was waiting on that play yep. for yep. the right time. You're right, Andy was right. It's a great point. It's like some of those, one of those Sark plays in the Iowa State games. Like I'm like I'm waiting on this specific circumstance, and they had just got dialed it, right? it up. They had converted a big fourth down where mm-hmm. where he hit Travis Kelsey. Then he got called, they called for the 15 yard roughing the passer. Which is really just pushing down a quarterback, but you know, <laughs> either way, that got him out to the to midfield, and so that's when you start looking at a shot. And they they uh, there was a TV timeout of some kind, uh, and for whatever reason they they had stoppage in play, and they came out of it, and there it was, there it was dialed it up, it, it worked perfectly, and the guy dropped the dang ball. He knew it was coming to him, Rod. Too he did, you could tell. As soon as he slipped by that DB, he knew it. I bet they told him before. Before they walked out there, he said, this was, yeah, you're, the, you're the primary like, here. Hey, bro, just so you know, they're going to triple team Travis. That's what we want. And then you're going to be, be, be one-on-one. As a matter of fact, oh, I got, I got the quote. Here, give me a second. I, I pulled up the quote from um, Patrick Mahomes about the play because I was looking at that for we were doing uh, talking about this earlier in the show. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, because he was asked about the drops and all that kind of stuff. So I'll pull up the quote here. Give me one second. Because, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he's obviously frustrated. Okay, here it is. So when he was asked about <laughs> the play, uh, the last play of the game, he said, they triple-teamed Travis. So I went to the guy I went to the guy that won downfield and Marquez won. He just didn't come away with the ball. I could probably have thrown it a little shorter. He was that open. <laughs> basically, I could have short-armed it a little bit. He was that open. Basically, I, I, let him, I basically threw him open, and I didn't have to throw him open. But it ended up being a perfect throw. It ended up being a perfect throw. And then, of course, the last throw, like we just talked about, it hit uh, Justin Watson, who had 11 targets, by the way, in that game. 11 targets for Justin Watson. It was his career high. It was double his, his previous career high. And that, to me, is uh, really is an example of what's wrong with this offense. Yeah. And that's why I love Mahomes, though. And when he's asked about what happened in the game, he said um, – those drops didn't lose the game. There was a lot of stuff that happened. It starts with me. I've got to make better throws. Yeah. I've got, he said, I, I didn't make good enough passes in certain situations. Damn, he's a good leader. What I always say, you, you know you got a leader when you lose and he's a me guy and you win and he's a we guy. And he lost, he's like, no, I got to do better. I got to, I got to be more accurate. I got to throw better passes. No, like, you're right dude, about that. Yo, lead, lead the NFL in drops at 26. Well, guess what? He said the same exact thing after they lost to the Lions. <laughs> exactly. And he threw it right to Kadarius Toney, and he played volleyball with it, and it <laughs> put for a pick six, and they lost the game. Yeah. Uh, what what you a know, great leader. And he, he, he kind of blamed himself for that. Like, I threw it too hard or something <laughs> to Kadarius Toney. Maybe I have to do better. Uh, but, you know, leader, that, that is a real good leader, and it's, it's a shame that uh, the, the, the teams put him there uh, in this spot. Because you're right, you, you're throwing 11 targets to a – to just to a Watson. jag. Do you want to know who else got those 11, 11 targets last week? Uh, Nico Collins did, which is basically kind of the number one receiver for the t- right now. Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyree Hill, 
Adam Thielen. These are guys that are either number ones or being considered who have been number ones in their career. Not Justin Watson. Yes. Uh, not good. <laughs> oh, 20, you're doing the uh, – <laughs> Yeah, right. Watson. Well, maybe if he catches ball – Coming we'll to start, America. Yeah, we'll start doing the uh, Watson. Yes. Uh, but 21%, guys, 21% of Patrick Mahomes' incompletions this year are drops. Think about he he would run away with the MVP right now if they if they didn't have those drops. I'm not joking. If they didn't have close to a 10 percent drop rate, I think they're a lot now over nine, like 9.4 percent. If they didn't have the highest drop rate in the NFL with the most drops, 26 in the league, you could argue Patrick Mahomes would be far and away the MVP front runner. Yeah, because it'd probably be a couple of touchdowns and they'd probably have one to two fewer losses. Well, and they'd be nine and one or yeah, yeah or <laughs> right, ten and zero <laughs> or undefeated. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy, man. So they got to figure that out. Got to figure now, that out. Now, look, I mean, that wasn't a game-winning touchdown pass. It could have been, but that was with 150 to go. Ooh. And so if he catches it, walks in, they kick the extra point, it's 24-21. That's what I was most mad about. I was like, what? Come on. I thought I was about to get Jalen Hurts coming uh, back the other way with a minute 50 in the timeout. Yeah, that would be fun. See if they can score. Yeah, now, now, the, now we're getting some drama. Maybe we're going to go to overtime. Because maybe they're going to kick a field goal and it's 24-all. This is a hell of a game. Uh, drops the ball on a 49-yard pass and then says, I, maybe I should have thrown a little, little softer. That's what Patrick said. He really did. He's like, I, he said, i got to be better at, at making well, those that passes. Well, that may tell you, Rod, that, that you know, we live here in Austin and we're talking about it. They're in Kansas City. It's got to be the only thing they talk about in Kansas City radio. Yes. And agreed. so the fact that he walked out there knowing he was the primary, so this has become a mental block for them. This has become a mental thing. You know, you don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. You know yeah, what I mean? You're right about that. I mean, we talked about it per, per the Longhorns when we were talking about their inability to score in the red zone. Then it just it's like, this is in their heads now. They're yeah. just overthinking this thing and totally not playing agree. football. Yep. You kind of wonder that because these are professional receivers. They made it to that point. I mean, he's making 10 million bucks. Um, you know they're working on all practice. Guys, yeah. <laughs> That's all they're doing. And so, you know, the, it's one of those things to react. But the fact that you knew it was coming to you and you still dropped it. Yeah. And it hits you in the hands. I need to talk to a sports psychologist about this stuff now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you get uh, Dr. Phil up in there. Because it spread right now. You, it was like the first play, the first game was Kadarius Tony. Oh, Kadarius Tony, man. See, he wasn't worth the trade. He's having a bad game. He's having an off game, whatever. He seemed to be just one guy. And somehow it's infected that the entire wide receiving room. Like, there's infectious. Now, none of them can catch the ball now. And I'm with you. I think that's, that's, that's purely psychological now. The fact that it started with one player, and now you got high drop rates with all the receivers in that room. Eh, something else is going on. Can we blame, or at least because we finger point things, is there any conversation about uh, the, the loss of Eric Bieniemy uh, to the passing game, to the offense in general? That Matt Nagy's now the offensive coordinator. It's not he, he can't go out there and catch the ball. No one is saying that, but it just. They won the Super Bowl last year with Juju Smith-Schuster being their best player. That's a good point, man. Nobody's brought that up, but you're right. I mean, it's something to consider. I mean, because the Tyreek Hill thing happened two years ago. And by the way, don't forget, they, they won the Super Bowl, and he had his best year ever, arguably, Patrick Mahomes did, after Tyreek Hill left. So it can't be the Tyreek Hill thing as much. And remember, they stopped throwing deep touchdown pass. They had one deep touchdown pass all of last season. They had none of those in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs. And they had revamped the offense to become a yak yardage offense with a lot of crossing routes and short, high-percentage passes because teams were taking away the deep ball against right. Patrick Mahomes. So that, they solved that problem. This is, so maybe you're right about the Eric enemy thing. It ain't the Tyreek Hill thing because we've seen them recover from that and bounce back and win. Yeah, it seems like a new thing. It seems like uh, a new thing. And it started week one, and that's 
you know, remember Eric Bieniemy when he got in the, I'm just putting this out there. Remember Eric Bieniemy when he got to Washington, they were getting pushback because he was too tough on guys. Mm-hmm. Like it's called coaching, guys. Yeah, this is how we coach. I wonder if Matt Nagy has kind of dropped the bar of expectation, and we're seeing a diminishing. Because look, the coordinators are in charge of running practice, right? They're in charge of how they we, what, what we <laughs> yeah. and what we work on, and yeah, how we exactly. rep it, and yeah. how we do things. Um, you know, it's it's a different guy, and all of a sudden they're the lead, league the league in drops and. Uh, you know, I, I remember I just top of my head. Remember when when LSU brought in Joe Brady? He did, yeah. And LSU had had led the SEC in block drop passes the year before, I and they that. made it a point of emphasis. And the you know that year they went out and won the national championship with Joe Burrow, and they didn't drop a pass. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's what you focus on, and you know that that I'll put Matt Nagy because Bear fans here, oh, the Matt Nagy's now the OC. Oh, great! <laughs> You're right about that. Hey, I see nobody's brought that up, but that's something people need to consider. Yeah. How do, are they running the practice? But you would think Andy Reid. I know Andy Reid's been be the whole watching time. the practice and how they're running, going, guys, we got to emphasize this to do that. Um, but I definitely think – I remember that Joe Brady uh, story, though. I remember that. That was – he remember he came in with certain practices and methods. Yes. About fixing Catching the, the tennis hands. balls. Yeah, yeah. He had all these little things, quirky things he was doing, and it worked. It worked. The hands got much better. Well, and that was Justin Jefferson and yeah, yeah. Uh, – But that same talent. Jamar Chase. They had some of that same talent there. They were driving passes, though. Right. They had been a pass driving. Yeah. Game. Yeah, he had him. Like, he brought in, like, uh, those tennis ball shooters and were shooting tennis balls yeah. at him, and they had to catch him. Uh, you know, that that whatever. I mean, it, 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 there one way, guy's missing. Yeah. And, and you know, as of last week before they, you know, wet the bed against the Giants, uh, Sam Howell was leading the NFL in passing yards going mm-hmm. into that game against You're the right. Giants for the Washington Commanders. And anybody that roots for the Washington football team would tell you they're a better offense. They're a better passing offense, Eric Bieniemy's team, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. They still don't really have a go-to running back. Brian Robinson, the kid out of uh, Alabama, is their their best back, but they don't really have a feature back. But you know, we got young Sam Howell leading the NFL in passing yards, throwing it to guys like uh, Jahan Dotson and T- Terry McLaurin. And you got to give some credit to because there are some people that think that if uh, Ron, if the, if the Cowboys smack around the Commanders on Thursday, they very well could fire Ron yeah, Rivera. I agree with that. And just because of the lack of consistency and the level of play with that team. New ownership, so they want Yeah, you wonder if it, would, would, would Eric Bieniemy get a look as the interim coach? He should. Yes. I would do Why wouldn't you? I Why mean, what's, you? what are you going to do? Hire somebody else to be the interim coach? I'm with you on that. Make, let him be interim coach, see if he can prove himself. And that way we all can get some clarity on whether Eric Bieniemy is worthy of being a, head, a true head coaching candidate. Because right now, I don't think anybody knows. I thought we'd get more clarity on it based on his offensive part in the plays, his offensive coordinator for Washington. I don't think I still I still haven't because it, it it flashes sometimes it looks really good and sometimes it looks abysmal and pass protection is a problem for them and but Sam Howell's development is has been great yeah, he 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 looks like a guy that can actually make some plays for yeah and and certainly better than and that their receiving core is a lot more yeah. overperforming than they had uh, and it's really the same guys I mean it's Terry McLaurin yep. it's Jahan Dotson it's mm-hmm. Curtis Samuels uh, these are the guys that they had been throwing to and all of a sudden they're you know putting up a bunch of numbers. Uh, that is not a very good football team, big picture. And all of a sudden, the Chiefs can't catch. So, that, that's what we're following. Yeah. All right, yeah, the commanders of the middle game. The, the early game is uh, Detroit and Green Bay, if you're making your turkey day schedule. That's a pretty good football game, Detroit at 8-2 and two now. Uh, as we talked earlier about, you know, teams who have kind of take a step where you can not play great and still win. To me, that's a good sign of a winning organization, winning team. Longhorns have, mm-hmm. have come to this point, right? Yep. They were finding ways to lose games in past years that they were right there in. This year's team, with its culture, has found ways to win, uh, even when they're not playing very good. The Houston game, the TCU second half, finding ways when it matters most. The Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions did that last week. 
which yep. are to, right. you know, have been traditionally losing organizations. Both teams played a game that, gosh, 100 times out of 100 in the previous five years they'd have lost. They both won them. They both won them. Houston beat that. Arizona when their quarterback threw three picks, and Detroit won a game when you know, they, got, they were down two touchdowns with four minutes to play, came out in a flat spot. We're looking ahead to the Packers game on Turkey Day, and they both won. So step forward. That's pretty cool. I like seeing that. Uh, Longhorns for sure. We'll hear more on that coming up with Sark, talking about his culture and uh, how this has been built. Uh, Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain. Somebody said it's the NFL catch the effing ball. That's true. Yeah, you're a professional. In the end, I mean, it, you know, we, we're talking about the, what Joe Brady did when he went to LSU, and I think one of the stories was like any time they would walk, he'd basically have a tennis ball ready, and he could throw it at him at any time. So he'd walk into like a meeting room, he'd throw a tennis ball at their head. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, all these weird well, little it, things. He would it do. occurs to me, I played you that sound of Tom Brady earlier. We had Tom Brady giving advice to C.J. Stroud yesterday about you know being a professional, uh, don't you know, don't be everybody's buddy. Uh, maybe Pat, Tom, and we don't know what happens in practice, but maybe Patrick Mullins needs to be a little nastier to these guys. Remember, Tom Brady would chew a guy's head off. He would. I mean, he was yeah. not a joke, man. If not. you were dropping balls I'm throwing, yeah. I'm not going to throw you the ball anymore. Well, you're affecting my <laughs> legacy, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I, that's a great point. I, maybe Patrick Mullins and Andy Reid, too. Andy Reid's got I mean, he's, Andy Reid's responsible for this, too. Well, you wonder. I mean, last night might be the – the, the coup de gras, they that say. Broke the camel's back. Maybe it, because that was a primetime game. We all saw it. I mean, it, we happened in Detroit, in the Detroit game week one, uh, when they, they dropped a bunch of balls. It's like, okay, guys, may, maybe they just assume, okay, it's going to get better. We're, we're, just a, we're in a slump here. It'll, at this mm-hmm. point, you've got to hit the panic it's button It's habitual here. now. Like, this is part of you, who you are as a Yeah, now Andy Reid has to change what they're doing. Yep. He's got to make it different. However, he's got to do that. Bring in the, the sports psychologist. Change up practice, you know, do some yeah. drills, something. Because there is a, there's an argument that look, we've had a lot of success here. We just won the Super Bowl. This is just a bad start. Uh, we're in a bit of a slump. Don't we'll panic. work our way through no it. No need to panic. Yeah, that'll look like a panic move. Well, at this time, time, time to panic. I think so. And, but, and it would be a good time because you're still just 7-3, and three, and you're still sitting right in the middle of the top of the AFC. And if you can catch the football, you're going to be your, – your defense is great. Your coach is great. Your quarterback's great. Just catch the damn ball. Top five defense. Best quarterback in the league, best tight end in the league, arguably best coach in the league too. Yeah. So, which tells <laughs> you, you on, on a Monday, on a Tuesday, we're talking about it because it was the Monday night football game. Revamp that was the play the of the game. They'll probably get it solved, but it, it is frustrating for, for Chiefs fans. If they don't, it'll be their flaw that'll cost them. Yes. Uh, because it, you know, in addition to everything we just said about the drops, uh, Rod mentioned it. They've been shut out in each of the last three second halves. Yeah. Zero points. Zero points. Against Denver against the, uh, the, the, the Dolphins in Germany, and then last night. So three times in a row they've come out when they had their scripted plays and what they'd worked on. They put points on the board, took a lead, and here you are three games in a row, Rod, with that offense, with that team, no points. Yeah, and they're the worst second-half scoring team in the league. Like, how is that possible? Yeah, that's, with the, that's... With, Right with the best quarterback in the league. How is that? And the, arguably the best play caller. Yeah. And play designer in the league. Yeah, so, so something's up with the Kansas City Chiefs. But th- that's how good they are, though. They still had a double-digit lead on the Eagles. Yeah, I know. We talk about all these problems. I'm not even <laughs> a Chiefs a fan. double-digit lead on the Eagles. So, uh, you know. It's, I'm not a Chiefs fan. But, you know, the, the, the drops and the 26 drops and all those things, these are just they, – they're drive killers. They're point killers. They're um, – you know, keep games closer than they should be. And this was the same conversation we have about the Longhorns in the red zone, that this mm. – you not scoring touchdowns and start going for it on fourth down and losing point opportunities is keeping these teams around. Uh, and the same thing will happen to the Chiefs come playoff time. That you know that that's when you you know, lost like that last night and your season's over. How about this little stat though? Chiefs will try to become 
the third team in the past 30 seasons oh my gosh to make the playoffs in a season when they went scoreless in second in a in a second half in three straight games oh wow the others to do it super bowl champion ravens in 2000 with that defense super bowl champion broncos in 2015 ooh peyton manning isn't that crazy Hey, you know, you know well, what? the Ravens didn't need to score in the second half with that defense. That's true. They're probably winning by six points, and we're good. <laughs> great point. But think about this. How about – yeah, you're right. But it's a great point, though. And I think the 90 Giants are also in that conversation. I want to say – because this is obviously going before the 30-year the thing they're talking about. I want to say if you go back to, like, the Giants in 1990. Yeah, the 1990 Giants also um, were, went scoreless in three straight second halves. And didn't they win the Super Bowl? Yes. And, and I believe that was Lawrence Taylor and all those dudes. Go look at the 73 Dolphins, too, because I want to say the 73 Dolphins also did it, too. And they went scoreless. Well, and the Chiefs have a good defense. I mean, so the Chiefs could be one of those teams where sure, – I'm not – I'm ruling them out of Super Bowl No, I'm not either, but it's just rare. But that is interesting because you – the I mean, you're talking about among the best defenses ever. 90 and, Giants with Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick and yep. all those dudes – uh, 2,000 Ravens. They didn't need to score a lot of points. Even that two, even that, that Broncos team. At Great 20, defense. Vaughn Miller. and Yeah, uh, they had DeMarcus Ware. DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, that defense was nasty, man. Yeah, and that was when Peyton Manning was just kind of game managing. So maybe it's a compliment to the Chiefs defense, which is a top five defense right now, yeah. total and scoring. All right, we'll come back. Uh, and if he catches that ball, they win the game. Yes. And they score a touchdown. Or maybe win the game. They had to help the Eagles. We'll come back. Uh, Rod will take us behind the BOC one more time. We'll hear more from uh, Steve Sarkeesian, his weekly Monday news availability. What's popping before the end of the hour as we crank this thing all the way to 11 o'clock? And so come up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. A lot of Longhorn chatter, a little NFL there, wrapping up week 11. And as Rod and I have told you, that this is the week, week 12, where it's now illegal. I should say illegal or illegal. It's, it's it's within the rules of the NFL now to flex Monday night football games starting this week. And Rod and I, and hopefully a lot of you, are on the bandwagon. Get on social media and push for this. Uh, right now, the current slated, we got a great weekend of football. Three on Sunday, or Thursday. And we didn't mention the third. The night game is Niners at Seahawks, which is a pretty good football game. That's going to be a really good game. San Francisco and Seattle out in the uh, NFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cowboys, of course. Lions, uh, you know, all the top teams in the NFC are pretty much in action. We just got to see the Eagles last night. So now you're going to see the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Lions uh, playing on Thursday. Longhorns, of course, highlight the Friday football. Saturday is wall-to-wall with rivalry Saturday and the Ohio State-Michigan matchup, plus all the great games. And then Sunday, the best game is supposed to be Texans-Jaguars, Rod. Okay. But they could flex that game to Monday night. And the Monday night game is Vikings-Bears. Raise your hand if you want to see Vikings Bears or CJ Stroud against Trevor Lawrence nah, for good. the first for first place in the South. No, nah, we're good on that one. We're okay. Well, nobody wants to see. That. Hey, Roger Goodell, let's do this. Mm-mm, please, Roger, please. <laughs> How cool would that be? Well, what's we the point? We come in here on Monday, we be able to talk about all these games, whether the Longhorns are headed to the Big Twelve title game, and preview the the Texans Jags playing for first place in the AFC South. That's pretty cool. Yeah, what's the point of having a flex schedule if you're not going to flex it? 
for so. a game just like this. Like this, you could have never expected this. The perfect situation to flex. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I don't know what they, why they wouldn't do it. They definitely need to do this because they, uh, I mean, we've they've they miscalculated badly this season with the primetime games. And it may just be not, not the primetime They prime did last game. year, too, with Denver. And they did. the Russell Wilson and, You know, match. it could just be a lot of it injuries because, listen, they Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets up there a lot, and then he got hurt first game of the season. So it could just be that. But then the unders, right? The, we talked about scoring being down for the, to the lowest uh, scoring totals per team since 2007. The unders are hitting a lot. So it's just – very uh, anticlimactic, underwhelming primetime games. Well, let's be honest, because there's a lot of really bad teams in the league, too. And this is what Tom Brady was talking about. Yeah. And so, you know, th- there was anticipation in Chicago the Bears were going to be good. Yes, I remember this. A lot of talk, a lot of buzz. Right, and Justin Fields got hurt. He's not good. The team's mm-hmm. no good. Matt Eberflus is probably going to get fired. There's talk of Jim Harbaugh there and all those things. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of teams that they projected, the Giants were supposed to be good because they were a playoff team last year. They stink. Not happening. And we're getting a good steady dose of Tommy DeVito <sighs> and Zach Wilson and uh, bad quarterbacks. Uh, you know, so – but, again, this is this is why they instituted the rule. This was the exact conversation. It was really driven by the TV networks because Monday Night Football is like, like, hey, man, like, we're getting all these bad products. Yeah. <laughs> is there and any meanwhile, the, I mean, you know, unless you have the, the, uh, the, the YouTube ticket, which I do, you know, for most of the country, you're not going to get to see Jacksonville play Houston at noon on Sunday. That's, I'm telling you, for the division, that's division on the line. Yeah, but again, Houston yeah. can announce itself as a real contender if they haven't already. Cause well, and they're entertaining to watch, by the way. This oh, is, they're fun it, to watch. It's not like they're just winning in some ugly fashion. No, oh. they win by throwing the football. That <laughs> Bengals game was one of the most fun games of the year with C.J. Stroud and Joe Burrow going head-to-head and back and mm-hmm. forth. That was a blast. So, yeah, yeah uh, the, the game with Baker Mayfield in Tampa the week before was a blast. And Houston's getting better. Jacksonville came off their bye week, but before Jacksonville – had gotten trounced by the Niners last week. Uh, they had won five in a row, so it's not like they're playing bad football. Uh, that's a really good game. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, Aikman, you'd rather have that game than trying to make the Bears-Vikings entertaining with Justin Fields and Josh Dobbs and, you know, two teams that aren't going anywhere. Because, uh, again, the Vikings would be an entertaining game if Kirk Cousins hadn't gotten hurt. And they'd yeah. be, you know, the, the Dobbs story's been cool. But there's no doubt that that's the biggest game of Sunday. And uh, this is what the rule's for. It's not like we can sit here and say, well, I wish they could do that. They can. <laughs> they can. And we're not being homers about the Texans. No. The Texans actually are a watchable well, and, and product. You would think, you would think the, the powers that be at the NFL would want to get C.J. Stroud into a primetime game. Well, you want to get, yeah, you got to quarterback he's, a, he's an emerging galore. star. Yeah, yeah, he's just, an emerging star at the position. Yep. He's, in the, he's going to win the rookie of the year. You know, fans don't get to – as I've said, if you don't follow the Texans, you don't know this, but when the schedule came out of their 17 games, 16 of Houston's games were noon. Noon kicks. And that tells you where you are as a franchise, and yeah. they've earned that. Nobody wants to watch. No one was mad about it. It's like, <laughs> ah, that makes sense. And they had one game at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't even get a Thursday game this year, Rod, because the, the Amazon pushed back and said, no, 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 no. Because everybody expected them to be we're rebuilding. Getting, we're getting rid of all of this yeah. stuff that we have. And remember, there was the rule that every team gets a Thursday game, mm. A, for just for fairness, because it's a short week situation. Uh, but Amazon was like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, nah, we don't want them. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. We don't want that. Now, they still got some dog games. But at the same time, you probably should have taken the Texas. Texas actually turns out to be a decent product. Yeah, let's get it. Well, you can do that right now. Monday Night Football. Yes, sir. Houston. It's game moved in NRG. And if you did it today, it would give the Houston and fans down there who have tickets enough time to plan for Monday night. And it would you, know, you get some brush back. Oh, man, I've been planning for this game all year. Nah. I bought tickets months ago for Sunday afternoon. I'm flying in to go to the game. Still. All right. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's just the reality of flex. Happens all over the NFL when it comes to flex scheduling. It does. Yeah. Hey, let's get to 
Well, at least on Flex, normally because it was for Sunday night, it was the same day. Yeah, you, just had to, you just had to figure something that's out for true. Sunday Monday night. night thing is now different. it's a whole other day. Yeah, that's true. But still, uh, hey, look, we're the fans. We want to watch better football. Yeah. But it's you all about what? us, Rob. You, you say that the same day, but have you ever tried to fly to get somewhere on the same day? No. Exactly. Say it was a, you thought it was going to be a night game. It turns out it's a day game, and you go, well, I was flying in that morning. Sorry. But I think most Texans fans would that and say, oh, that's cool then. Yeah, I'll, I'll just stay another day. Oh, no, I think – I already got the yeah, tickets yes. because the tickets yes. will still be good. Yes. Your, your tickets, and they just have to change times and all that stuff. And, I don't know. Texas but, fans will be happy. Oh, be like, I'll stay another day <laughs> for Monday Night Football. <laughs> first world problems that Texas fans never had to deal with. Yeah, let's get to uh, behind the burn orange curtain one more time. Longhorns are gearing up for a prime timer of their own coming up Friday. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, uh, Steve Sarkeesian spoke to the media yesterday at his Monday press conference. Obviously, short week, um, so uh, he actually went pretty long. It was like a 35-minute media availability. Um, but he spoke about last week's uh, win over the Iowa State Cyclones. Also spoke about the Texas Tech Red Rays before we started talking about Texas Tech. Let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian reviewing the win over the Iowa State Cyclones. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, uh, quick recap of the of the ball game the other night. Um, you know, um, going back through the tape, I, I thought our guys played a really good football game. Uh, I know, I know we had some self inflicted wounds in the first half um, that took two touchdowns off the board, uh, and naturally, you know, had the fumble uh, inside the ten. Um, but I thought our guys, you know, did a great job keeping their poise and composure. Uh, our defense continued to play well. We came out in the second half. Uh, and of our five possessions, you know, two touchdowns, a field goal. We had the one punt, and then we finished the game with the ball in our possession at the end of the game. So really efficient uh, second half. Um, I, I thought that, you know, defensively, again, our ability to, to stop the run, um, to you know, pretty much make them one-dimensional. Uh, and, again, we gave up the one pop pass to the tight end there in short yardage, but I thought our defense had a heck of a game. I uh, thought offensively the balance was there. Uh, without, you know, obviously not having Jonathan, I thought Cedric Baxter really showed up. Uh, it was a nice job by Jaden Blue and, and, his, and his ability to, to step into the fold. Uh, so all in all, I, again, I thought we played a really good game, um, controlled the game, even, you know, just on, on, our, on our mindset, uh, even into the, that fourth quarter. So, um, again, I, I, again, I like the poise that our guys showed in that game when things, you know, Clearly weren't going our way, and, and we, we were kind of stubbing our own toes there in the first half. But nobody panicked, uh, and I thought, you know, that's a sign of maturity for our team. Uh, so that, that, was a, that was a real positive there. Uh, that's Sark talking about uh, the win over Iowa State, and the win over Iowa State gave him his tenth, first 10th win uh, as a head coach in a season, but also the first 10-win season for Texas in the regular season since 2009. Here's Sark talking about uh, what that achievement means. Um, and then ultimately for us to get our 10th win, um, which is, you know, it's obviously as, 
as players and as coaches, you're always like kind of looking to, you know, those benchmarks throughout a season. You know, bowl eligibility is always something that, that people point to. You know, 10-win seasons is always something people point to. Uh, conference championships, something people point to. Bowl game, uh, and then naturally, you know, if there's a CFP opportunity. So uh, it's a great benchmark for us to hit. I know uh, the guys, the coaches were excited about it. But I think, um, you know, all of us would, would tell you the same thing. You know, we're not done yet. And we know that there's, there's more out there for us to do. Um, the goals that we had set for ourselves, you know, at the at the start of the season are, are still there for us. Um, so, you know, we're, we're looking forward to kind of continuing the mission, continuing the journey. All right, that's Sark talking about uh, the first 10-win season for him as a coach and the first 10-win season for Texas in a regular season since 2009. Uh, and this is the best team Texas had since that 2009 team. Um, and Sark was also um, talking about the Texas Tech Red Raiders, uh, and he brought up the fact that they've shifted their philosophy a little bit. We think Red Raiders, we think Air Raid, right, from the time with Mike Leach and uh, even most recently with Kitley there. Well, Kitley is still there, but they've shifted their philosophy a little bit. Here's Sark talking about the uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And, uh, you know, Friday night game. It's only our second night game of the year. Uh, we know uh, it was it was a great spectacle, uh, the first night game that we have, and we're looking forward to another uh, awesome opportunity this Friday night. It'll be senior night for our seniors to celebrate them and all that they've done for our program. And I think that, uh, you know, I've been pretty adamant and pretty clear about what those guys have meant to our program uh, and so a chance to honor them will be great, uh, a chance for us to kind of uh, solidify an, an opportunity to play in the Big 12 championship game uh, is obviously exciting uh, on that front. Um, and then hopefully for our fans to celebrate this team, you know, to, to where this team has come. And I know what everybody's gone through over the last decade or so. And so for the fact that this team has one more opportunity to play in DKR, you know, Friday night, uh, we're looking for a, 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 a raucous, uh, intense crowd, uh, one that uh, fuels our players with energy. But hopefully, again, like I always say, the players have to do their part. We have to do their, our part to, uh, to fuel the fans with energy, too. So hopefully everybody can make it. Everybody have a little uh, turkey on, on Thursday. Enjoy your Friday afternoon and then, and then get to DKR for, I think, for us, uh, an, awesome, an awesome ball game against a really good opponent. You know, I think Tech – you know, it really had a tough start to the season. I know we, we all go through it, and you never know when injuries show up. Uh, but they were fighting that injury bug earlier in the year. Um, and I think, you know, as you could see them getting themselves healthier and healthier, they've strung together three in a row now. They're playing really good defense. Um, they're running the football extremely well, uh, kind of have changed philosophically that way. Um, so we know we're going to get their best shot. And so we've got to do a great job of preparation this week for, for a heck of a ball club. And um, should be a, should be an exciting night Friday night. Uh, and it will be an exciting night. Of course, senior night, a lot going on, Longhorns' last home game. Uh, and there are some guys who are still dealing with uh, some injuries, and uh, Sark gave an update on the potential injuries for the Longhorns. Here's Sark. Um, so injury-wise, I feel I feel actually pretty good on a Monday um, coming out. It was a physical game Saturday night. Um, and we had a variety of guys that, that kind of went down. Um, I don't foresee any of those guys being out Friday. Um, so, you know, obviously we need to monitor that as the week goes. Um, but I, I do feel, you know, confident enough today that, that we'll, be, we'll have everybody that was available Saturday night will be available Friday night. And, again, 
probably a better serve question for a little later in the week when we really get to practice. All right, that's Sark talking about the injury update for the Longhorns, but it looks like a pretty positive, optimistic one. Uh, the biggest question for, or at least the, the biggest factor in this game for Texas will be how they contain Taj Brooks. He is the best offensive player for the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders, plays running back for them, and they've really started to funnel usage to him, and he may be the biggest reason they've shifted the mindset to become more of a run-centric team. Uh, and also, you know, the quarterback injuries they've had, uh, the offensive line uh, doesn't excel necessarily at pass protection. That may be why the quarterbacks keep getting injured. So Taj Brooks has become the identity of the Tech offense, which means they're running more. Uh, here's Sark talking about the skill set of one Taj Brooks. Well, he's got great contact balance. Uh, Taj Brooks, you know, he – the first guy has a hard time getting him down, and it's not always because of the elusiveness. It's his ability to absorb blows and stay on his feet and then continue to, to break tackles, get hard yards. Uh, they're a physical running football team. You know, I, I think naturally you think of Tech, and if you're not watching them, oh, they're running the ball. They're all spread out, and they're running, you know, zone read, and nobody's tackling the guy, and he's running the, they're running up and they're running gap schemes and, and they're running downhill. Uh, it's a physical brand of football that they're playing uh, and they still do it with tempo. And so you have to, you have to get yourself aligned. Um, but I, I do think there's been a, definitely a shift, philosophical shift um, that, uh, that Joey has implemented to that team that is a, a physical brand of football offensively that is playing to their defense. They've got a very good defense. And so those two things working together has shifted. You know, they're not playing 48, 45 games and each team's running 100 plays. You know, they beat Kansas 16, 13 a couple weeks ago. They beat UCF 24 to 23, but they're winning games with that, with that philosophy and that style. Uh, and so you have to adjust accordingly. But it all goes back to their ability to run the ball with Tosh, and he's a heck of a player. Yeah, like I said, I do think uh, it makes sense uh, as to why they've become so run-centric. I still don't think they're a really good running football team, though. I mean, in the last six games, uh, they've run the football at least 40 times in four of the last six games. So they're dedicated and committed to the run game. But let me give you the yards per rush in the last six games. 4.4, 6 yards per rush, 3.5, 3.4, and 6.5. They're actually not necessarily great or elite at executing it, but they're, like I said, they're dedicated to it because they're running the football over 40 times. They're averaging 38 rush attempts in the last two months in November and in October. So over 38 rush attempts. So they're going to run the football, but against Texas, that seems like a fool's errand. We saw what Texas did to a top-five running team with duo dual-threat quarterbacks in K-State with Will Howard and Avery Johnson, held them to their lowest rushing output since 2014. And we saw what they did last week versus Iowa State, who's a decent running team, and held them to nine total rushing yards. I don't think Texas Tech's going to be able to run the football on Texas. If they come out and try to hand the football off, it's going to be a long day for them. Yeah, and this is why this could get uh, one side over Texas. Could, uh, if Texas comes out and, and plays an A-level game and are healthy. Because I believe they went to this four games ago because the old Darrell Royal adage, you know, three things can happen when you throw the ball and two of them are bad. They're not good running, but they were killing themselves throwing, taking sacks, fumbling the ball. I got you. Their, their pass protection was not good. And they had a young quarterback in there in Baron Morton, so it was just bad. So they're just trying to protect what's the strength of their team, Taj Brooks and their defense. So yep. let's try to shorten these games a little bit, uh, try to you know, will, uh, keep ourselves in the game because they were playing themselves out of games. 
uh, with mistakes in the passing game. So, you know, this, this bodes well for Texas because they're allowing just 2.8 yards per carry in Big 12 games. 2.8. It's crazy. You gave the number the other day, right? If you take out and just put it into – like somebody will have to do the deep dive. Maybe you can do it. When they, in Big 12 play, where they're not 10 games, mm-hmm. when you, or nine games, when you hand the ball to a running back, what the yard per carry is. Because you take out quarterback rush yards. Oh, yeah. I got to think it's like – Yeah, it's got to be something. Under two. Yeah, it's got to be something crazy. Because yeah, it's 2.8 with Dylan the quarterback. Yeah. was all the quarterback rushing yards pretty much. Yeah. They've given up. It's it was all the rushing yards. It's 2.8 with, with the quarterback run yeah, legs. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, I'll do that deep dive. I can do that. That's pretty crazy. I have that number for you Because if you think about it, they, they gave up some rush yards. Go back to the Wyoming game where the kid gutted them for the long 70-yard run. That was it. Run. That one, it didn't Bama first quarter. Bama had some rush yards early. Yeah. Uh, but just a traditional running back running the ball, I mean, it's really – No. Since, since conference play, they haven't moved it. And that's why three defensive tackles, Jalen Ford, are all going to the senior bowl. <laughs> the NFL is interested in these guys, yeah. But there's one thing that's happening too is it. You know, we'll get into that later. Actually, I can talk about that during draft time. I know we're up against it, but well, yeah, that's. I think the Texas defense matches up really well with this Tech offense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right, we'll come back when we do. It's uh, what's popping? What's popping on a Tuesday? Not the sports night we had last night. There's still some good stuff. Plus, you missed it earlier. Uh, generational long history made in Pittsburgh this morning in the NFL. Let's talk about okay. with Ian Rodby. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that it. like Stockton. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them. What's poppin' time? Uh, no football tonight. Well, that's wrong. We had the 50 nights of football continuing with some action tonight. Bowling Green, Western Michigan at 6. Eastern Michigan Buffalo, if you just got to have some football or at least a wager on some football. That's tough. Uh, center stage tonight will be college basketball, Rod, because we saw the Longhorns lose last night, but we're coming to the climax of some of these early tournaments. How about a couple of former Texas coaches taking center stage? Tennessee with Rick Barnes. I like that. Hosting Purdue. That's number two versus number seven early. And then uh, Shaka Smart oh. and the fourth-ranked Marquette team playing at Kansas. Man, Shaka Smart. Yeah, face Kansas. That's part of the – that's – Oh, this is in Honolulu. This is in the. Uh, I didn't realize they were ranked that high, Marquette. Yeah, the fourth in the country, four wow. and oh. okay. Great Maui shootout or whatever they call that deal. So college basketball tonight, if you need it. Uh, we've also got, uh, you know, probably a night to calm before the storm before we get to. Oh yeah, well, just for the whole week, you got to prepare yourself. You need to rest up because it's gonna be. You got the holidays, and you got your football. Your family's gonna be in town. You're gonna be worn out by the time. I got to run around all day today and get a bunch of stuff done exactly. before we get here. <laughs> uh, and then you and I tonight will be popping because we've got uh, oh, yeah. the Longhorn live stream. Yep. Uh, on Texas. You and myself and Jerry Hamilton on Inside Texas. It's always a good hour of Texas talk, deep dive. Uh, Jerry yeah. brings the Jerry, – Jerry usually joins us. He's out recruiting, watching high school players He's play. always on the road. Jerry's he is, always man. doing the show from his car. I know, it's great. <laughs> it's great. So we'll have that tonight. That's on uh, the On Texas Football Channel of YouTube. It's uh, Inside Texas. So Rod and I will be there starting about 10 after 7. Yep. Usually roll till you know, 8, 830. Talking Longhorn football, then getting ready for Texas Tech, and uh, always taking questions and all that kind of stuff. That's what's interactive and fun about the YouTube, kind of like doing the radio show, just doing it on YouTube. So we'll do five hours of radio ride, and then we'll do an hour or so of the uh, broadcast tonight. Hey, man. Also, uh, we'll be putting out my newest, uh, our newest Eyes on Texas multicast. Mike Craven oh, and myself yeah. we recorded that, that last night. That's good and stuff. Good stuff from Sark. We had a good, we played the whole Sark on culture thing and talked a good, good bit about it. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, so that's coming up. Eyes on Texas. You find that on YouTube at the Horn FM and uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. And uh, Mike always has really good thoughts, I think, on a lot of the stuff that's going on right now, especially the coaching updates around the co- around the state. He's got some great tidbits because he gets to know the coaches. Yeah, he knows all these the guys. The ones that are getting fired. Well, we were recording last night. Hired. We were recording, Brad, and his phone's blowing up. So he's having to pause and 
mute. Oh yeah. Because you know, because I mean, because he covers all of Texas for Dave Campbell, so it's UTEP all the way to. You know, is Baylor going to fire Dave Aranda? What's and the coaches are oh, yeah. texting him. Finding out, say, hey, he, yeah, because they want to know. Hey, like, man, what are you spot opening up? <laughs> are you hearing something about me? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Ty, uh, Ty, you had a good you had a good parlay last night, did you not? Didn't you hey. hit all, all your picks last night? No, I think only one of them hit. Oh, that's right. You took the Chiefs. Well, that, never that guy dropped the ball. Time. Never said it was a parlay. I just said I was giving out three picks. You went one and three. You have a pick for tonight? <laughs> uh, I'll take the over in the Rice and Indiana State Sycamores game. Uh, it's over 160 points, both high-flying offenses in college basketball. So you're you're a Sycamore. You're Sycamore. To make, you're going to make – you're not – are you going to wager that game tonight you. maybe? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I love it. it. <laughs> Nice. Hey, Rod, this morning, uh, should have happened a while ago, but Matt Canada fired by the Man, Pittsburgh Steelers. If you can't get 400 yards of total offense at any time during your tenure as OC in the NFL. You're fired. You should be fired. Especially it's been Can three I give years. you a number? I always <laughs> say it's amazing to me that in my lifetime, I'll be 51 early December, there's been three Steeler head coaches, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin. It's amazing. Them firing Matt Canada today is the first time that organization has fired a coach in season of any kind since 1941. Whoa. <laughs> what did that guy do in 1941 is what I want to know. What did he do? I don't know. Goodness. Man. Damn, Matt Canada, you were that bad? That's a bad – that's a scarlet letter. So maybe it wasn't telling him to be loyal. It was just like we don't do that. Yeah, the Rooney's don't. We don't do that. 1941. Damn. Hey, y'all have a great Tuesday. We'll do it again on a, on a Wednesday. If you missed any part of today's show, it's all podcast at hornfm.com.